Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Dr. E.J. McKenzie on Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. This is your host, Dr. E.J. McKenzie, with the Master Key, unlocking and liberating the real you. <clears throat> we thank you for joining us uh, this afternoon to see what is on the heart and the mind of the heavens for you today. Uh, those of you that desire to call in with questions, <clears throat> we have a 1-800 number. You can call in. Area code 877-537-3321. Once again, 877-537-3321. Our regular guest call-in number is area code 347-237-5493. Once again, our regular guest call-in number is area code 347 347- Two three seven five four nine three. Those of you that desire to chat, you can always uh, log on to uh, radios forward slash. Uh, no, well, no. radio.com forward slash ejmpcc. All right. Well. Um, Today is uh, the second week that we're starting our next session. Today, uh, on Mondays and Tuesdays, we're starting at 6 p.m. On Wednesday, uh, you will have uh, Kathy and myself at 1 p.m. Uh, we'll be coming together um, sharing the heart and the mind of God concerning relationships or the order of kingdom relationships. That's on every Wednesday. That's Kathy and myself on the order of kingdom relationships. Uh, On Thursday, you will have her uh, coming together, dealing with kingdom women, and you have me on Fridays again at 1 p.m., unlocking and liberating the real you. At an awesome time on Saturday, on the uh, Releasing the Supernatural, that's our time of intercession, prayer, praying for you, warring for you, battling for you, as well as uh, going forth in the the prophetic. Uh, Those of you that desire prayer, you can log on to our web. We have a prayer request form, and we will get that. We will be warned for you and battling for you. If you desire to, uh, we're going to change the format, but we're going to go ahead and uh, have call-ins on Saturdays for the first hour. Uh, Those that desire to call in for prayer, uh, we'll be praying for you and warring for you and battling for you. Um, uh, but we need you to believe God because all things are possible to them that believe. So therefore, uh, we got to understand it's not the power of prayer. It's the power of prayer by faith. <clears throat> you shall pray the prayer of faith, and the Lord shall raise the sick up, James says. And so, therefore, we're here praying the prayer of faith, warring um, and battling in the perspective of faith on your behalf. 
we believe God for signs, wonders, and notable miracles to break out. Jesus made a statement uh, in the gospel. He said, when the Son of Man return, will he find faith on earth? That's uh, an amazing statement that the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings made. When he come back on earth, will he find faith on earth? Why would he make a statement like that if he did not know that the faith of God's people will be challenged to the max? Is there anyone that still believes, anyone that still trusts God on a greater level? We believe that we're living in a day and a time that God is touching everything that is natural, and the purpose of that is to challenge us to live in the realm of the supernatural. So therefore, if you've been challenged in any area, uh, don't look at it as negative. God is doing something. God is setting you up to encounter and to experience the supernatural in a way in a dimension that you have never experienced before. Matter of fact, he wants to manifest himself to you. Not just the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastor, and the teachers. I believe that we're living in a time that God is raising up his body. He wants to use his body in the realm of the spirit. Now, the, the essence of this program is unlocking and liberating the real you. Before I got on the, on the uh, program here, I was reading, meditating, and uh, thinking about why don't we see a greater manifestation of the Spirit of God in our day and time. We know that there's ministries that flow in the supernatural, uh, uh, great men and women of God. Uh, we do realize and understand that. Uh, uh, the healing movements back in the 40s and 50s, great manifestations of the power of God or Roberts, A.A. Um, a. Allen, Jack Cole, uh, Catherine Coleman, Amy McPherson, uh, just great powerful revivalists. What has happened? Why don't we see that kind of move of God like we saw, well, I wasn't born back then. Um, I've seen uh, film and read books on such powerful moves of God, how God just used those men and women of God in a, such a sovereign way. Now, I really believe in my heart, mind, soul, and strength that God is going to move again in the body of Christ like we have never seen before. I believe that we're going to experience a dimension of the power of God that the church, not the church, but earth history have never seen before. There is a move that's going to come. There's a power that I believe that God wants to release from heaven like second to none. And, and I personally believe that it's going to be men and women that will blow your mind. It can't be brother so-and-so. It can't be sister so-and-so. I personally believe that we're going to see 
a, a, a move of the Spirit of God with children, with adolescents. I believe that children will lay hands on the sick. The sick will recover. I believe that children will go into the school system while they're in school, and, and, and their classmates be challenged, and because they've been trained, and, and, and some may not even be trained, I believe it's going to be a sovereign, supernatural move of the Spirit of God. They would just lay hands and just, just, just not pray in long prayers. They will lay hands and just say, I release the presence of the Holy Spirit. And people will be getting healed, delivered, and set free. I believe that children will walk in classroom and say, good morning, Mr. So-and-so, Miss So-and-so, and the Holy Ghost fall on everybody. The Spirit of God will fall upon the teachers, upon the classmates, and they will be falling on their face before God like it was in the book of Acts. What must we do to be saved? I believe when we look at earth history that God many times allow sin to reach a tipping point. All through the nation of Israel, especially in the book of Judges, we see that when God raised up a judge, he raised that judge up to restore Israel back to their rightful place of worship. They worshiped the Lord, and they was faithful to the Lord. They was dedicated to the Lord until the judge died. That went on based all through the book of Judges. Then a judge died, and then the people went back to a state of apostasy. And their hearts left God. Their hearts turned from God back to themselves and their own lovers. So we see that God is, uh, uh, it's not God, but in earth, in, in church history, we see this transpiring over and over and over. And then they raise up another judge. That judge will restore that people back uh, to the Lord. And then the judge die, and they will go back into their ways. And God will raise up another judge. I believe this is going to be a move of God that, even as it was in the book of Acts, that the first revival that we see was not by the apostles, nor the prophets, evangelists, pastors, nor teachers. It was by the men and the women that scattered when the persecution came to Jerusalem. And they went forth demonstrating the power of God. They were supposed to the influence of the apostolic, of the apostles' doctrine. And they went forth from sharing their experience, their encounter with Jesus. People got saved. People got delivered. People got set free. People were restored. We saw great signs, wonders, and notable miracles break out. I believe that we're going to see a sovereign move again. When we look at the Azusa revival, some of you I, I don't know about it. I didn't know about it until after I got saved, many years after I got saved. Uh, 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 read some things about it, seen some things about it. But, a, but a, a gentleman named William Seymour, this gentleman had a passion and a hunger for God. 
he went to Topeka, Kansas, because he heard about uh, uh, Charles Parham, Parham, Charles Parham. Charles Parham uh, had a Bible school, and he went to this Bible school. He could not fit in with the rest of the students because he was a black man, and we and back then uh, um, the laws of segregation was in force. So Charles Parham uh, uh, had his students uh, to study on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Was the baptism of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, was for today? He went to a meeting. The students began to search it out. And all of them came to an agreement that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, was for today. When Parham came back to this meeting, all of the students agreed that it was so. There was one student came to Parham and said, I believe that if you lay hands on me, I will speak in another language as the Spirit of God give me utterance. Now, because they searched it out, and they saw in the word of the Lord in the book of Acts where Paul laid hands on a group of people that was not baptized in the name of the Lord. He said, well, what baptism were you baptized of? The baptism of John. And Paul laid hands upon them. The Bible says the Spirit of God came upon them. Some prophesied and some spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Parham left there disappointed because uh, he did not receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues. He came back to California. He was a pastor there, and his church was a little chicken hut from understanding. But the sovereign move of God came upon him, and he began to speak in tongues. And revival broke out in California, which was known as the Azusa Revival. According to history, there was such a move of God, people would rush home from work, feed their children, just to be in the meeting. There was such a move of the power of God, according to history, that everyone that came in a four-block radius of that meeting fell up under the power of God. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't believe it's God's will for us to marvel over the history of revivals. God wants revival to break out today. He wants revival to break out in your home, in your city, in your community. We want to talk about a little bit of that today. Why don't we see a great move of God today like it was back in the days of William Seymour, Catherine Coma, Amy McPherson, Jack Cole, all of these great men of God, Tia Osmond, great supernatural moves of the Spirit of God. Why don't we see it today? But going back to the Azusa Revival, According to history, 
people, there was a fire over the building. And people can see it with their natural eyes, a fire over the building. They called the fire station. The firemen came to put the fire out, but it was a supernatural fire. But everyone that came in a, within a four-block radius fell up under the power of God, even the firemen. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, God wants to do something. Is there any man, any woman that has listened to me today, including myself, that is speaking to you, will make a decision that I will be the catalyst for a move of the Spirit of God? I will be your instrument. I will be your channel. I will be your agent for a move of the Spirit of God. The purpose of all revivals is salvation. God want to save humanity. God want to deliver humanity. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not. Paul was writing to the church, the Corinthian church. He was not writing to sinners. How many of our eyes has been blinded? How many of us don't believe anymore? We still go to church. We still sing in the choir. We're on the praise team. We still play instruments. We're usher, porter, whatever you want to call them. You, you still work in audiovisual. You're part of the outreach ministry food ministry, whatever ministry. But we're not experiencing the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. He's not manifesting himself. What's wrong? What is going on? Why is that, ladies and gentlemen? The God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not. Is that what has happened to us? Do, are we blind leaders, us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers? Have we become like the scribes and the Pharisees? Jesus called them the blind that leads the blind. The God of this world has blinded the minds. Are we satisfied? with the state that the church is in, the world is in. We're supposed to be the answer to the world's problems. We're supposed to be the solution. Jesus came, and Jesus was the solution. He came preaching and teaching the gospel of the kingdom. Paul said in the book of Romans, he says, the kingdom of God does not come, uh, Corinthians, excuse me, the kingdom of God does not come in word, but it comes in power. Where's the power? If I ask you today, are you born again? You're going to say yes, the majority that is listening to me. But where's the power? If I ask you, do you have the kingdom? You're going to say, absolutely. 
Then I'm going to ask you, where is the kingdom? You're going to tell me what the scripture says. It's within me. If the kingdom of God comes not in word but in power, then where is the power? And the kingdom of God does not just come in apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. The kingdom comes in every person that open up their heart to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So the kingdom of God is within. Then if the kingdom of God is within, that means power is within. If I have the kingdom within me, then why there isn't a greater level of experience of that power? Why isn't there's a greater level of demonstration of that power? Why don't we see this power being made manifested and being demonstrated in our homes, on our jobs, in our churches? What do you think is the problem? Now, this is a question to you. If you have an answer why you think what you think, then you can dial in or you can chat. You can dial in our 1-800 number, 877-537-3321. When you dial in, I think you press the number 1 if you have a question or if you want to answer that question. Or you can call in to have a, a regular guest call-in number. is area code 347-237-5493. Why don't we see a greater manifestation and demonstration of the power of God today? We see it sporadic, some ministries, some not. Uh, uh, some ministers and some not. But all of us have the kingdom living within us. So therefore, what do you think, ladies and gentlemen, is the thing that is blocking the Holy Spirit from manifesting himself? Why don't we see supernatural moves of God in our marriages? Why don't we see the supernatural move of God in our children's lives? Why don't we see a sovereign move of God in our church services? But we come together in the name of the Lord. And the scripture says, if any two is gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. Interesting. If any two gather together my name, the sovereign Lord Jesus is in the midst. Is Jesus in the midst of my home when I bring my family together and we pray or we share? Is Jesus manifesting himself? 
Ladies and gentlemen, we have to answer this question. And we need to find the solution to the problem. And I don't think it's difficult. When we can understand the mind of God and how God functions, how God operates, and when we begin to look at the men and the women that God has used in our time, but as well as in the Word of in the Bible, the Word of God, what is blocking us from experiencing creative miracles? And 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 God has used me on this capacity in this capacity before. Then I need to ask myself the question. Why isn't there a continuous flow of the anointing, a continuous manifestation of signs, wonders, and notable miracles? The dead has been raised only one time in my ministry. What has I done? What is the problem why there's not a continuous flow of the dead being raised? Creative miracles. I've seen creative miracles take place. I've seen what a doctor has taken out eardrums. I was in Fort Lauderdale at a Methodist church doing a revival years ago. And I called for the prayer line, those that needed prayer. A young lady came up, just had surgery, and the doctor took the eardrum out. God gave the young lady a brand new eardrum. She was able to hear a lady's watch, one of the little small ladies' watch with a second hand, and it was far from her ear, and she was able to hear. Why isn't there a continuous flow? of the manifestation of his power. I'm talking about me. This is a time for all of us that is listening today for self-examination. If the kingdom of God is within me and the kingdom of God is within you, why isn't there a greater level of power? Why isn't there a greater level of revelation? Think about it. The Bible says, eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, neither have entered into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared for them. But he revealed them unto us by his Spirit. Do you have the Holy Spirit? If you're born again, you and I have the Holy Spirit. Then why isn't there greater revelation coming to you? If God reveals them unto us by his spirit, and the spirit lives within us, then should I not have a revelation of the heart and the mind of God for my life on a daily basis? Can, can I experience that? Can I live in the realm of the spirit every day? Can I be Holy Spirit led every day? Can I know the mind of God for my job before I get there tomorrow? Can I have the revelation of the heart of God for that job, today, for tomorrow? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
and he's speaking to you today. Everyone that is listening to me, the Lord is speaking to you. The Lord is challenging you. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But that's just only a scripture to us. Do we really believe it? Greater is he that is in you, in me, than he that is in the world. Greater. Greater. Am I experiencing the greater? If the greater is in me, and if I'm not experiencing the greater, why not? Ladies and gentlemen, what is wrong? I see I'm not getting any uh, dialogue today for those that's online. Is it possible you don't have a clue and you want to know too? I believe the Lord is going to answer that for us today. I believe the Lord is going to answer that. Because if you are born again, then the greater one lives on the inside of you. If I'm not experiencing the greater, what is blocking me? What is hindering me from experiencing the greater? The Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 11, I believe it's 11, chapter 11, no, chapter 10, 10, 19. Behold, I give unto you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. How much? Oh, he's given you and I authority to tread on serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. But what is the power of the enemy? Sickness and disease that is running rampant in the church. Sickness and disease that is running rampant in, uh, in, in the Christians' lives. Poverty that is running rampant. Confusion, division, separation, divorce running rampant. Rebellion running rampant. All of these are manipulations of the powers of darkness. And the Bible says that you and I has been given authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the devil. Why don't we see it? Are you triumphing, trampling? Are you treading right now on the powers of darkness, the works of darkness? If not, why not? See, we, 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 we legitimately, ladies and gentlemen, have to answer these questions. We, we must legitimate, because it's not for the apostles, and, it's for all of us, the body. It is for the body of us. Why isn't there a greater manifestation of we treading on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the devil? Have you watched this evening news? 
well, if you watch, you watch it at 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock. Those of you that's with me, so hope you're not watching that and listening to me at the same time. But look at every day. Chaos and confusion. Breaking out of our communities. Chaos and confusion in our world. Riots is taking place. Governments is being overthrown. We're seeing we're, we're, we're seeing chaos and confusion like we've never seen it before. God did not give the world authority and power. He gave the church authority and power. What are we doing with the authority? What are we doing with the power? The saddest thing about us church folks, we want to exercise authority and power in a church building. And the world could never come to him because they don't see the manifestation. When we read in the word of the Lord, we'll see probably 98% of the time Jesus is in the marketplace. He's in the hedges and the highways. He's not locked up in a building. So is it possible that we leaders, the leadership in the body of Christ, have absolutely no clue how to train you for work of ministry? Where is the power? Why isn't there a great manifestation and demonstration, ladies and gentlemen? I know some of you probably say, well, preacher, tell us. We will. But then I have to ask myself a good question. If the greater one lives in me and there's not an experiential relationship with him, what is the purpose? If he gave you an authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power, all the power, all the power of the enemy, and he says, and nothing shall by enemies hurt you, and the gates of hell cannot, shall not, and will not prevail against you, then why do we see so much tragic that is going on in our communities and even in our churches? Where is the manifestation? Where is the demonstration of the power of God? Now, if you would notice, I'm going somewhere with this because if you would notice, this segment is called Unlocking and Liberating the Real You. So is it possible that I can have this greater one that's living on the inside of me, he wants to manifest himself in me and through me, but he's incarcerated. And he needs to be liberated. Is it possible? Because the majority of people that is listening to me today, the majority said, Preacher, I have the greater one. Preacher, I have the Holy Spirit. But what is he doing? We don't see anything happening. Because we got to 
understand, ladies and gentlemen, it's not good enough for me to have the greater one. It is not good enough for me to have the Holy Spirit without him manifesting himself in me and through me. And what is the purpose? The purpose is that, that people's lives will be set free. Humanity will be set free. But think about it. I cannot liberate anyone if I'm not liberated. I cannot set anyone free if I'm not free. But yet I have the greater one on the inside of me. I have the power of God on the inside of me. I have the power of the kingdom on the inside of me. All of us do. Let us listen to me today that's born again. I give you, behold, I give unto you authority to tread, authority to tread, authority to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all, over all, over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. You go ahead and make that declaration. Nothing shall by enemies hurt me. You, you, out of your mouth, nothing shall by enemies hurt me. Is there anyone that will be a Joshua just today? Is there anyone that is listening to me today that will say, I will be bold. I make a decision. I will receive the boldness of the Lord Jesus Christ. I will make a decision. I will walk in the courage of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is there any Joshua's online today? If there's any man, any woman today, say, I will go. I will lead the, my family. I will lead a people into Canaan. If there's anyone that say, I will drive out the Jebusites, the Hivites. I will drive out the Canaanites, the Perizzites. I will drive them out because I have authority and I have power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all, not some, all. Yes, you do. Yes, I do. I have it now. You have it now. Will you stand up today? We got to, listen, listen, this must become a reality to you and I, ladies and gentlemen. It must become a reality to you and I. No longer just quoting scriptures. It's out. Time out. It's no confessing. Now, don't miss something. We've got to confess. But the problem is we're confessing to believe instead of confessing because we do believe. We're trying to, we, we're trying to convince ourselves the word of God is real and instead of confessing because I believe what God says. Trade on serpents, scorpions, and over all, all the power of the devil. Revival wants to break out. So why don't we see a great manifestation? Have God reserved this for a few people? Have God reserved his power for a few people? Absolutely not. For the kingdom of God comes not in word, but it comes in what? Power. The kingdom of God comes not in word, but it comes in what? Power. So the kingdom of God is in you. The kingdom of God is in me. Where is the power? Will you continue to allow the devil to intimidate you? I'm going to say again. Will you continue to allow the devil to intimidate you? I want to give everybody a charge on this phone, on this online today. Everyone that's listening to me today, I want to, I want to give you a charge.
and I guarantee you it'll work. And my charge for you today is this right here, that, that tomorrow on your lunch break, on your job, ask the Spirit of God to lead you to someone. You don't have to be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. The kingdom is within you. The power is within you. Well, I feel the presence of God as I'm speaking to you today. I know he's challenging you. I know he's speaking to you. He's trying to encourage you to be liberated from yourself. He's trying to get you to, and I to come to the place uh, that we let the Holy Spirit loose in us. So I challenge you. I challenge you, as you even if you go tonight to a grocery store, look for someone in a wheelchair. Look for someone on crutches. And go up to him and said, today, God want to heal you. The kingdom of God has come to you. Would you receive the kingdom? Because this is what it's about, ladies and gentlemen. It's just two kingdoms that is, in, that is at odds with each other. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And after he preached it, he demonstrated it. All you got to do is go to somebody and say, the, the Lord sent me to let you know that he loved you today. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I, I know he, he, he loved me, but you have not, what's the word I'm looking for here, received the manifestation of his love. Well, yeah, yeah, yes, I have. Well, let me show you. Can I pray for you? Yeah, you can pray for me. You lay hands on him. You don't have to pray a long prayer. All you got to do is pray. I release the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Be healed now. And then tell them, now, move that hand, move that leg, get up out of that wheelchair. Watch what the Spirit of the living God do. Understand, you and I are workers together with God. Where's God? In heaven. Where are you and I? On earth. Paul said we're workers together. Workers together with God. Will you... Be a partner with God. Will you enter into partnership with him that he will manifest himself in you, that he will manifest himself through you? Today is your day. Because I'm going to pray for you before we go off this line today. And I'm going to release this anointing upon you. I'm going to release it upon you, and I'm going to give you a charge, and the Spirit of God is going to manifest himself in you through you. Look for somebody in your household. Say, can I pray for you, mama, daddy, brother, sister, nephew, niece, uncle, aunt, husband, wife, children? Watch the manifestation. Will you believe in today? Will you step out today and allow the Spirit of God to begin to manifest himself in you and through you? Behold, I give unto you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing, nothing, nothing shall by enemies hurt you. One of my favorite characters, when I came, uh, 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 the first, I say the first few years of my uh, salvation, I never read any books. Only thing I did was read the Bible because I wasn't introduced to books, and so I didn't even know anything about Christian books. I wasn't raised up in the church. But somebody told me about a man named Smith Wigglesworth, probably one of the greatest uh, revivalists in the 20th century. I think he died in 1947. 
tremendous revivalist. This man lived in the realm of the spirit. Now he didn't he didn't get in the spirit for church service. He lived in the realm of the spirit. When the Bible says in the book of Galatians, if you live in the spirit, also walk in the spirit. He lived and walked in the spirit. How did he do that? This is what you and I, God is calling us to. He's calling us to a life um, that Smith Wigglesworth lived, Paul lived, Peter lived after the day of Pentecost with Peter. Live in the realm of the Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, it's possible. It is possible that you and I can live um, in such a way in the realm of the Spirit that everything around us, when you and I walk, things begin to line up. When you walk in the grocery store, every spirit in the grocery store begin to line up. Have nothing to do you and I because you and I have come to the place um, that this, we have learned how to liberate the Holy Spirit. We have learned how to liberate him by submitting to him. And now you and I have learned how to live and move in the realm of the Spirit. Every day, every moment, every hour, every second of our lives. I said, Preacher, how... How can a person obtain that? How can how, how how can we come to that place? This is how. You and I have to come to the place. The greatest enemy to a revival in our lives, the greatest enemy to a move of God in your life and my life, the greatest hindrance to the presence of God in my home, in my life, the greatest hindrance, ladies and gentlemen, is E.J. McKenzie, myself. Self is the greatest enemy to a move of God. Self, myself. Then how do I get E.J. out of the way? I got to come to the place that I totally died to my ways, my desires, my wants, my everything. That I live in total dependency upon him to be my source, to be my peace, to be my, the essence of my love, my joy. But, but how, how do that happen? It only happens by God putting me in situations, putting you in situations that I die to anything that's going to cause me to protect myself, anything that's going to cause me to lay hold of myself, anything that's going to cause me to live independent of him. Smith Wigglesworth, that was the secret to his power. He came to the place that he allowed God to bring him to the end of himself. Ladies and gentlemen, every time I defend myself, I forfeit an opportunity to encounter the Holy Spirit in a real, genuine way. You say, but preacher, it hurt. Yes, you're dying to your flesh, it hurts. I'm going to give you an example what happened to me when I first came here to South Florida. I was working on a job at a bank called AmeriFirst Bank at the time. Many of you probably remember that bank. is no longer in existence at this present time. And... I was working on this job, and uh, we moved. I worked downtown, but we moved out by the airport. 
they had just built some warehouse buildings, so we was in one of the warehouse buildings. And one of my jobs was to duplicate microfish for the different banks. And uh, there was a job opening on the board. And God had just brought me into the areas of understanding of faith. And I believe, uh, God, I mean, that faith message revolutionized my life. Probably the greatest thing that ever took place in my life when I came into the knowledge of faith. I started telling my coworkers that I'm going to get a raise and I'm going to get a promotion. I came into the knowledge of holding fast to the confession of your faith without wavering, for he is faithful, that promise. Those scriptures revolutionized my life. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, that you might receive the promise. The scripture revolutionized my life, Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. And I was making these confessions. And then my boss, boss, called me into his office. And he said, Mr. McKenzie, we're going to have to let you go. Uh, you haven't done a good job here. Now, I had just got two evaluations from my boss, and my evaluations was good and excellent. As I was talking, I wanted to defend myself because the man was lying on me. And the Spirit of God spoke to me. He said, be quiet. Do not say a word. To be quiet and not say a word when the man was lying on me was really Hurting my flesh. I'm saying, but he's lying. Spirit of God said, shh, do not say a word. I didn't say a word. I yielded to the Holy Spirit. Because I want to tell the man he was a liar. That's how your flesh operates. Because your flesh knows if you obey the Holy Spirit, you're going to encounter the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and you're going to experience him. And it's going to give you a level of measure of wisdom because of your obedience, you will see God in a dimension, a way that you've never seen before. And I obeyed him. But that thing hurted me to my heart, this man lying on me, and I wanted, uh, I wanted to tell him a piece of my mind. I said, thank you, sir, for giving me the opportunity to, uh, to work for you. He fired me right on the spot. He had a reputation that nobody would ever transfer out of his department. Because I obeyed the Holy Spirit, I went and gathered my things from my desk, got in my car, and as I was leaving, the Spirit of God spoke to me, go to personnel and tell them to check your evaluations. Now, now, if I had told the man he was a liar, peace of my mind, the Spirit of God could not have spoken to me because I wouldn't have heard him. Because I would have been in my flesh, I would have told him a piece of my mind. Went there, told them that they fired me, I said, check my evaluation. Check my evaluation. I heard them on the phone calling. You can't do this. This man got uh, got good and excellent on his evaluation. Watch this right here. As soon as the lady got the phone, Mr. McKenzie, you have the new job in the checking department. I was making more money, got a raise, just like I said was going to happen. But watch this. Was it challenge? Yes, it was. This is how you and I will experience the supernatural. What was God doing? He was bringing me to the end of myself. That was a dimension of EJ that God wanted to die. 
And because I yielded to the Holy Spirit, I was able to hear from the Holy Spirit. I was able to be led by the Spirit of God. So you may be encountering some things right now, but not understanding what's happening. People is doing you wrong. You know you right. You right on your job. You right in your home. You right in the community. You right, 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 right. But everybody see you wrong. God is using that to dismantle you. He's using that to cause you to experience death. Paul said, I die daily. Think about it. How can you die daily without experiencing life daily? That's the way you and I are going to experience the life of the Holy Spirit. The life of the Holy Spirit is experienced through me experiencing death to myself. Smith Wigglesworth, God took him through several processes of death that he lived in total dependency upon the Holy Spirit. And Smith Wigglesworth was a great revivalist. Will you today, those of you that's online, those of you that's in chat, those of you that's online today, is the Lord speaking to you that he wants to raise you up to be a catalyst and an instrument of revival? Is he challenging you today that he's calling you to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy? That you will experience that nothing shall by enemies hurt you? Is he challenging you today to live in the realm of the supernatural? Yes, he is. Nothing is a coincidence. You are not online by coincidence. You are not listening to this radio broadcast by coincidence. Every person that is listening right now, the Lord knew before the foundation of the world that you would be online, and he's challenging you right now. He's speaking to you right now. He's encouraging you right now that he's calling you to be an instrument of a revivalist. He want to use you as an agent of revival. You say, but preacher, I, I, I'm young. What, what age have to do with anything? Absolutely nothing. You are the man and the woman of God. And did not he say, I take the foolish things of the world to confound the wise? I tell people all the time, I'm the foolishness of God. Because the things that I have experienced in God, I wasn't supposed to experience them because I wasn't raised up in church. The places that God has sent me, to Africa, Asia, Europe, I wasn't supposed to experience that because we never went on vacation when I was a child. My family, we never went on vacations. My father was an alcoholic. We walked or catch bus or caught buses or rode bicycles everywhere we had to go. We never had a car long. You get it? He erected. I am the foolishness, the things that God has caused me to experience. I got a prophecy that God was going to raise me to be a millionaire. God has allowed me to experience that before the martyrship. I experienced being a millionaire. I'm the foolishness, ladies and gentlemen. That will confound the wise. Will you be the foolishness today? The unlikely candidate that God will raise up and use to birth revival for the power of God to flow in and through? Will you be the catalyst. Will you be the man? Will you be the woman say, I surrender? My all to you. I give it all to you. The greatest enemy is not Satan. The greatest enemy is not demons. The greatest enemy is myself. Offenses, unforgiveness, 
easily offended because what somebody said, done, lied. But did not God know before the foundation of the word that they was going to lie on you? Did not God know from the foundation of the word that they was going to hurt you and wound you? Your liberty, ladies and gentlemen, is not trying to take vengeance. Your liberty is surrender. And let God be your defense. Let God be your offense. Let God be your justification. Let God be your rescue. You've got to come to the place that you release every man, woman, boy, and girl that's ever hurt you, wounded you, done anything to you. People is not your enemy. Satan is your enemy. I can honestly say today that there's absolutely no one that I can think of on the face of the earth that I have anything in my heart against. And I've had some people done some, do some things to me, say some things about me, assassinate my character, lie on me, steal from me, but I have released them from my heart. I can, I can have a conversation with them today. I can sit down with them face-to-face and have a conversation with them today, right now, today, because I have released them. They belong to God. They are God's sons and they are God's daughters. And they belong to the Most High God. Ladies and gentlemen, when you come to the place that you struggle with forgiving people, it's only a revelation that you're blind to the sins that you have committed. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But Satan wants to manipulate you because he don't want the kingdom to be made manifest through you. He don't want the power to flow through you. Will you today make a decision? I'm going to stop protecting myself. I'm going to stop trying to take vengeance on people that has hurt me and wounded me. I'm going to release them. And when you release them, don't want something negative to happen to them. Don't look for something bad to happen to them. Then you haven't really released them. Only the Spirit of God can work this in your heart. And trust me, this is not E.J. McKenzie that has experienced this and lived this. It's, it's by the Spirit of the living God that has led me into the experience. I didn't lead myself. I genuinely, my heart is clean towards every man. There was a young lady. Uh-oh, I see my time is about up. I want to pray for you. Father, I just thank you for those that is online. I pray right now for the supernatural intervention, moving ways and sways of the Holy Spirit into their lives. I speak right now in the name of the Lord Jesus as they lie down and sleep tonight for a divine intervention in their spirit, in their soul, in their hearts tonight. Lord God, I thank you for gracing them to be able to release themselves and trust you with themselves that they can experience the Holy Spirit. Let revival break out in their lives. I ask it now, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Move by your Spirit. Let the Spirit of God fall upon them. Let the Spirit of God intervene in their lives, in their homes, in their marriages, in their children's lives, on their jobs, their business. I speak restoration and I speak reconciliation. I speak elevation into your life. I speak it, I decree it, and I declare it to be so. I call you higher today. I call you up today. Be encouraged, man of God. Be encouraged, woman of God. This is your due season, and this is your set time. Be the catalyst. Be the instrument of revival that God has ordained, appointed, and anointed you to be. Listen, everything that appeared to be negative, 
only happening because God want to use you as the solution and the answer. Listen, tell somebody about the program tomorrow at 6 p.m. We'll be back, back with you tomorrow at 6. Looking forward to being with you. God bless you.